Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestle Horror. Greetings, viewers and listeners. Meet Hook Jim here. As and with me, as always, my co-host Donnie Hoover. Donnie, what's going on, man? Oh man, just hanging out. Uh, got my new microphone, so I'm testing it out tonight, and hopefully, I sound a lot better and not like I'm yelling in people's faces. <laughs> you sound a lot better. And on this episode of the Wrestle Horror Podcast, we're going to lean heavily towards the horror side. And let me introduce our guest. His, his name is Joseph Bodkin. Or you may also may know him as Pongo Joe. Uh, Joseph, how are you? How's, how are things? How's Pongo Joe doing? <laughs> hey, I'm doing really well. Um, there's been a whole lot going on um, this year. But uh, there's still going to be a Halloween regardless. Um, and I'm excited about it. And uh, whether anybody's, you know, doing haunted houses or just watching horror movies at home <laughs> it's gonna be fun yeah so you're down in the alabama area correct yeah uh, i'm in uh birmingham alabama okay so what's the like like i told you off air we've we've talked blue till we were blue in the face about the ohio haunt scene what's the uh, haunt scene down there in alabama so we usually have um a good amount of haunts uh to go to for the season of course, uh, you know, with the pandemic, structurally, every haunt is different. So some were able to open, some were not. Um, the OG haunted house, uh, well, it's, it's a national landmark that they turn into a haunt. Uh, the Sloss Fright Furnace, um, which was featured on, I think, Scariest Places on Earth. Um, it's not going to be opening this year. Um, and in fact, the national landmark itself, uh, you can't even walk around. But uh, we do have, you know, just kind of like the standard, hey, we got a building, we got a warehouse, um, haunt. Uh, those are going to be opening with uh, definitely, you know, some tight restrictions and stuff. We got Warehouse 31, we got Atrox Factory, uh, Nightmare 3008, which is a haunt that uh, is like five minutes from my house. We're actually very saturated with haunted houses. So even the ones, uh, unfortunately, that, you know, aren't going to be able to open we're still going to have plenty of haunted houses to go to. <laughs> so I'm assuming you're going to be working this year then, if you haven't already, if they haven't already started. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I am working, but I, I am very much tightening the season up. Uh, I do a lot of freelance. Um, you know, I, I travel uh, for haunted houses. And I went just for like, a, you know, like the preliminary opening weekend, which is always the last um, – Last weekend in September, I went for one night um, at Nightmare 3008 and had a good time. It's definitely different, but uh, yeah, I'm still going to be traveling this year. I'm going to be going up to uh, North Carolina uh, next weekend for Lake Hickory Haunts, and then I'm going to be down back down in Tennessee, and then I'm going to end um, the season going back to North Carolina. Just um, just the three weekends. I'm not doing like the two month long uh, haunted house season that it's become. It's just, it's, it's, it's definitely a lot this year. Um, and I'm, I'm just trying to keep it tight myself. Okay. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, it's going to be kind of a, a two part question here. Um, or actually it's just more of a comment than a question. 
first of all, I see you over Instagram all the time. I mean, I, I, I don't have a day goes by or I don't see a Pongo Joe post somewhere on Instagram. <laughs> and I'm not complaining. Don't get me wrong. Um, but it's just that leading up to my question is, what inspired the Pongo Joe character? Okay. So that's, that is an interesting question. Well, to give you the uh, cut and dry version, um, I've been haunting since uh, 2010. And it was only around 2015 did somebody finally convince me to try out a clown character. I was always... Um, I was always adverse to doing the clown characters. I thought overrated, you know, I don't want to do that. But a lot of my fellow actors like, well, you have this great laugh. I think you should try it out. You know, don't knock it till you try it. Um, and so I tried it out and I had a great time. And he eventually evolved uh, into this uh, character that um, I started doing my own makeup. I had to learn how to do my own makeup. Um, and I just started, uh, just kind of constructing this very, um, kind of metal, black metal kind of King Diamond inspired, uh, clown. And I started putting spots and stuff all over him. And one of my fellow actors, uh, said, oh, you look like Pongo the dog from a 101 Dalmatians. Okay. And that's what stuck. And I wasn't like using Instagram very much until 2015, 2016. And I was like, ah, you know, I, I kind of want to do this right. Uh, Instagram kind of has like a standard when you go on there, it's like super nice quality pictures. It's a very visual platform. So I started doing some photo shoots with them. And, you know, I, I, I never, I never stayed at one haunt. Like I know many haunters. There's, Oh, I've been, I've been at this haunt for 10 years and I love that. But unfortunately the first haunt that I worked um, only lasted three years and was like shut down due to a freak accident. Um, so I had already was like on the cusp of going to different haunts and I just liked it so much. I was like, no, nah, I, I just, I kind of want to explore and um, I want to travel. So I took my character, Pongo, and I started traveling with him. And I documented on Instagram. And I, you know, sometimes patrons would get uh, video of me. And I would make, I would edit that together and put some fun music to it. And people were like, whoa, this guy's insane. He's, he's like scaring people, he's sliding. And it just started picking up from there. And uh, other haunts would ask me to come out. And I just kept doing that. And I've, I've found it a lot of fun ever since. <laughs> well, I, I know that you just mentioned sliding. And I know Donnie had mentioned it earlier. So, Donnie, I'm going to throw that question over to you. 
Yeah, uh, I was going to uh, touch on that a little bit because, like I said, here with the with the podcast, we always try to pick the people's brains that we're interviewing and talking with, and see if we can't pull out a gold nugget or two from people on different topics. And uh, you, you uh, like so, like a lot of wrestling fans may not know what it is, but you're what's called a slider. That's kind of what you do. And uh, mm-hmm. if you could touch a little bit on what a slider is in the haunted house industry, and and in my opinion, a slider is a very effective character or person. But uh, just kind of touch on it a little bit and how you got into it. And, uh, you know, if you could, just a little bit about that. Yeah, definitely. So sliding is a scare tactic that was developed in like the late 80s at the amusement park, Not Scary Farm in Buena Park, California. I didn't know any of that. Nobody told me any of that till like later on. Um, I only really learned sliding. Uh, it was my second year uh, at the haunt I was at from this guy. Um, he was the haunt manager over in uh, Austin, Texas. He came uh, over to uh, Alabama where the haunt was. And uh, he noticed that I was like a very bouncy, energetic kind of actor. And he's like, hey, you should try this. You should try sliding. And I was like, what the hell is sliding? And he's like, <laughs> listen to me. You don't know what you're talking about. This is a great scare tactic. He gave me some knee pads. He gave me some steel toe boots and uh, he took me out uh, into the midway that we had and he taught me how to slide, which is basically running, throwing yourself to the ground at people and making a big loud noise and scaring them. And I remember enjoying it when he had trained me, but it wasn't until I actually did it to a person. I slid past somebody and I saw them jump did I see how effective and how much fun it could be? Um, And since then, there's been so much development. Sliding made its way all the way from California to the South, to the Midwest. Sliding is pretty much everywhere now. Um, And there's so many little bells and whistles now. You know, you have the gloves that have metal fingertips on them. They have uh, pieces of flint that uh, you can make them shoot giant sparks while you slide so it's just as much a spectacle um, as it is an effective scare and it's become a staple in many haunted houses and I've taken it everywhere I've gone I was like the first and only slider at the haunt that I worked and then when I moved down to Birmingham um, and I worked a haunt there I trained sliders there and we had more sliders there so it's, it's definitely been a fun thing to, you know, throw in the toolkit of haunting for me. Now, does it add an extra level of danger, like for you getting yourself hurt? Or is it pretty safe, uh, depending on how you do it? Or No, it's not safe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's very dangerous, and you really have to uh, be careful when doing it. Um, one of the biggest things is taping, duct taping the knee pads to your legs so they don't slip down because at any moment you could hit a rock, you could hit a crack, and that knee pad will go down and you'll get a nice road rash <laughs> on your knee. Or worse, I've, I, I've gotten to the point where I'm not getting hurt um, definitely as much. Uh, there was a lot of pitfalls and trial and error because, I mean, I was trained – Um, but it was by a guy who didn't do it a whole lot and I had to kind of fill in the gaps, 
but you know, even some of the best sliders get hurt. Um, a friend of mine, <laughs> he asked me what he should do because um, his season opened September 5th. And I was like, good God, that is an early opening. <laughs> and he started sliding and he hit something and his pad didn't come down, but he tumbled and he dislocated his shoulder, unfortunately. Uh. And he hit me up and he's like, dude, what do I do? And I'm like, you're just not going to slide for a couple of weeks or whenever that, I mean, that's happened to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One 2015, you know, the pad came down and I got road rash and I was like, well, I guess I'm just not going to do that for the rest of the season. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to eat it. <laughs> yep. Got to improvise. Huh? Mm-hmm. So it's definitely uh, hard on the body, just like pro wrestling is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. well, so, oh, go ahead, Jim. Sorry. Oh, go ahead, Donnie. I'm. Oh, I was just going to say, what would be one like the best tip you could give about for somebody that's wanting to learn how to slide, or wanting, to, or is already doing it, or or something like that that you've learned in your experience doing it? Because I've seen your videos, and and you, mm-hmm. which I want to touch on your videos in a little bit here too. But I've seen your videos where you're out sliding and you're practicing on your showing off the gloves and how they spark and you're basically practicing and and doing that. Just, you know, what have you found to be the the, like a big tip to give somebody to help them either stay safe or get an effective scare or both or whatever? Well, definitely one of the biggest things that I've learned is you have got to have somebody there to train you or at least at the very least supervise you. Um, I can't tell you how many times I'll just get a random picture on Instagram and there'll be just somebody's bloody knees and be like, Hey, I messed up what I do. And I'm like, why didn't you message me earlier? And it's going to be, it's very hard to like teach over text or, you know, even doing something like this, even though we have to. Um, but it's definitely something that I would advise anybody who wants to try it out you know, watch some tutorials. Um, you can watch the ones that I have. You can watch the one that Netherworld has on YouTube. Watch them and have somebody there with you in case you get hurt because you will get hurt. <laughs> you mentioned Netherworld. Have you yourself had the opportunity to work there? Yes, I, I have. I have been a guest actor at Netherworld since 2015 okay cool i was just curious because i did it one uh one weekend when i was down there a couple about four years ago yeah it's awesome (laughs) oh yeah it it is incredible i mean working the queue line is is something else at that place (laughs) so besides pongo joe what other kind of characters do you have so I've been trying to release uh, a new character every year and um, I've been trying to like, cause everybody got so accustomed to Pongo and, you know, my curly hair and it became like, like a mascot on a cereal box. So I really had to change it up. Um, and my buddy um, who works at not scary farm out in California He's got this great mask line uh, that he makes. Uh, his company's called Inferno Effects. And I started looking at his mask and I was like, man, these look really unique. 
Um, they're not the same ones that I see all the time. I, I love like, you know, Shattered FX, Immortal, and, and all those friends, uh, CFX, but I've seen them a lot over the years, and I wanted something that was just a little bit different. Uh, so I got uh, his goblin mask, uh, <laughs> and I was surprised. Um, I was very inspired by the little troll in uh, Cat's Eye, the Stephen King movie, mm-hmm. and I wanted something with jingle bells, and I wanted you know be very creepy and weird. Um, and to my surprise, everybody had such a big reaction to him. They're like, Jesus, this guy's super weird. Uh, I don't like him. And I started using him and I was getting different kinds of scares. Um, just the very like weird, just childlike things. And, um, it was a, that, that was a really cool character. And that was like one that I could play. And then last year, um, I wanted to be the intimidating monster because I've never had a chance to be that I am like five foot seven uh that's why I slide because I have like something that I could you know scurry around your feet but I wanted a terminator like character so I got another mask from inferno effects uh and it was this really cool skull mask uh with horns and I was like man I could make a really badass like western character with him and I started like drawing and just making up concepts. I gave him an old duster. I started learning how to gun spin. Cause I mean, let's face it. Like after you scare somebody in the queue line, you know, what else is there? You got to keep entertaining them. They're going to be in the line for like two hours. So I wanted to flesh out, you know, the kind of entertainment that I could do. So with the Hunter character, I could be intimidating, have that kind of Terminator like vibe. And I could spin my revolvers, you know, like Old West and scare people and entertain them at the same time. Um, those were like really the first two characters that I created. And I thought, okay, I should keep doing this. I should keep making and going in different directions. So this year I came out with two characters instead of one. Um, a new makeup character, Vampire, um, I wanted to do a different take on a vampire, so I made him like this 70s groovy kind of dude. And then um, since, you know, most haunted attractions, uh, especially if they're opening, you know, you got to have a mask on. I thought, oh, this is perfect for me. I can just pull out one of my masked characters. So I made a new character. He's got a giant smile. His name's Mr. Nope. He's got big old eyes and he looks crazy. He carries around a little Pee Wee Herman doll. Um, he's my socially distant character for those who can uh, stay six feet away. <laughs> um, just, you know, he's very visually striking and weird. And I made his proportions really odd by like putting shoulder pads on and I put a sports coat over that. Um, I've had so much fun. I'm sure you can tell um, by making characters and, seeing how many different ways I can make somebody feel uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, definitely. Um, there's just some, uh, there's a small amount of joy in making a person feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, so Donnie, mm-hmm. um, now's a good time to ask that question. 
Oh yeah, well we will. We'll, we'll get to that. I have a couple more things I want to I want to throw out there at him. <laughs> okay, All right. that's why I'm throwing it over to you. Right. Yeah. I'm collecting my thoughts. It's your turn. Oh yeah, no worries. Yeah, um, like I say, oddly enough, the the way that I found you uh, in Pongo was not through Halloween per se, but it was through a Christmas song that you were singing. <laughs> and I was, it was, it was around the holiday season and we were, we were actually me and the wife and kids were out driving, looking at Christmas lights. And I was flipping through my Facebook feed and I saw your, your character Pongo Joe, and it was like a black background and it yeah. said, have yourself a merry little Christmas. I was like, what the hell is this? And I like, I like clicked on it and I just thought it was like the best thing ever. I was like, this is so freaking awesome. I was like, and I watched it like four or five times. And then I, I started like researching you and I started seeing what you, uh, what you were doing. And, and like I said, I've me and my wife and, and we've been following you and keeping up with what you post and everything. And what you're doing is kind of uh, some of the things that's been on our minds and things that we've talked about. Uh, and what you're, what I mean by that is, you know, there it's not a lot in haunting as it is in wrestling, but you don't see like a lot of haunters take actual characters and turn them into a product or a brand. You know, like you don't see people take their characters and give them Facebook pages and Instagram pages, and post regularly in their, you know, in their characters and do videos. And you just don't see that just like with even with wrestlers. I mean, wrestlers have their own characters, but you don't see them, you know, building their brand as their character. You know, they'll, they'll wrestle right. a show as, as their character and then they'll get on Facebook as their real name and talk about politics or, or something else silly, you know, and, and not yeah. work on their brand. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what you do like fascinates me to where, because that's what I think it should be. You know, there's no reason why a haunter can't make a living off a of haunting by building their brand and getting their name out there and adding income streams. And uh, so yeah, just what are your thoughts on like building your brand? Cause like I say, you're obviously, you know, you're doing something right because you're getting out there, you're getting the look and you're developing multiple characters and all of your characters, you, you do videos where you introduce them, you do great mm -hmm. videos and stuff like that. Uh, what's your mindset on that kind of stuff? So my mindset on that is uh, there are so many ways uh, to tell a story. You can tell your story, you know, at a haunt, but, you know, it, it's usually through just this kind of narrow lens. Um, I, I went to school for acting and theater and all that. And the more you go along with it, the more you start, start taking these rides down these different paths of acting, you notice that they actually don't like intersect a whole lot. Um, I took theater classes and I took film classes, but the film and theater folks never really mixed that well. And some didn't even like each other, um, which I think, I think is sad um, because there are so many ways to tell a story and I think it's all valid and how you tell your story you know, on a stage is going to be different and than how you would tell it on, you know, a screen. And there's something for everybody. Um, I love the live theater, but I also like the film. So telling a story that can be, you know, molded and developed um, can just go so much further when you're doing it on film. 
eventually, you know, the live theater and the film just starts kind of supplementing each other. Because uh, I'll go out this season and I'll do my scaring thing and people, you know, who have seen my videos and they've seen it, they'll be able to connect, they'll be able to, you know, bridge that gap, they'll be able to see it in person and get something that they don't get, you know, when they watch the film stuff. Um, and even the folks who can't come out and see me, uh, they're getting something, they're getting a little bit of the story that I want to tell. Um, I always have a lot of ideas. I've always been a, a storyteller and, you know, these platforms, there's so much potential in them. And even like the different ones, you're telling a slightly different story when you post on Facebook, you're telling a slightly different story on Instagram because they have their own little brands and you're posting something through their lens and there are different audiences. Um, there are some people who just have me on Facebook and that's all they'll ever know of me. And there are some people on Instagram, that crowd can be very different, who just have me on Instagram. And TikTok is a whole different animal. Um, I guarantee you that my audience on TikTok is completely different with maybe like a handful of haunted house folks and horror people um, on there. And with different audiences, you get different ideas. Um, I've been fueled so much, um, many times, being out there haunting, you know, being able to improvise, but I get fueled by, you know, my online audience as well. And they've been so helpful in thinking of new ideas, or I'll put something out there with no context, uh, like the vampire video. And I'll get all these comments saying, oh, it reminds me of this. Oh, is it that? And they'll give me an idea that I never thought of. And it's, it just grows and it grows faster and larger um, than I could have ever really imagined. And I was like, I'm going to keep doing this. Um, it's a lot of fun and it's a way to challenge myself, like creatively, uh, creatively, <laughs> sorry. Um, and I definitely, uh, I think there's a lot of value uh, building a brand around, you know, a product. Um, and, it's, and it's not just the character that I have. I like to help out. I love this industry. I like to get my hands in different parts of it, like making props. Um, I make the slider gear. I make the metal gloves. Um, I make uh, like just different spark props things that other haunters can use uh, so they can make their scare more effective. And there are some people, let's face it, like there are some people who they get too scared. They're not a part of that. <laughs> they're, they're like, I like you, but you know, I don't want to see you doing all your scary stuff. And I was like, okay, well I'll sing to you. You know, you're, you're, you're not going to be able to look away from me when I sing to you. So <laughs> And especially if I, if I come off really friendly, but slightly creepy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so I, I try to give something um, to everybody because everybody gets a little something different from it. Um, and it, it's just something fun to experiment with. And I'm, <laughs> I'm very happy it's taken me where it has. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And like I said, yeah, wrestlers and I mean, even anybody, referees, you know, ring announcers, <laughs> Jim, 
um, you know, well, haunters, <laughs> yeah, haunters, anybody, uh, you know, follow Pongo Joe, go check out Joseph's stuff. Uh, look how, you know, pay attention how he's building his brand, how he's building his characters. He's bringing his characters to life on a regular basis and uh, putting the effort in and it's growing and it's working for him. That's what, that's what needs to be done. You know, with especially with the COVID thing and the way the world's changed and people need to find other avenues of income and income streams, you know, build your character, build your brand, you know, make yourself available for those opportunities when they come, they come to you. Definitely. And uh, all you just mentioned about where you were in the, you've done film and stuff. I'm assuming you've been in horror films and that kind of thing. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, very funnily, so I so I have some things that aren't going to be released yet. Um, there's a short film with Pongo in it. Um, there's also there is a haunt centric film. I like these these films that are kind of like meddling with like the community and be like, oh, are, the, are these haunters or are they crazy maniacs or whatever? <laughs> um, there's one that was filmed down here in Bama called. Uh, Hellbilly Hollow uh, that I got to be. Uh, I worked on it as part of the crew first, and then they were like, "Oh, so you got a character?" And I'm like, "Yes, yes, I do." And they uh, they gave me a little featured extra part in that, uh, and that was fun to do. And if you look really hard, um, Pongo does show up in a John Travolta film. Uh, nice. <laughs> it's not one of his best. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> It's called The Fanatic, and um, it's a really silly, silly movie with John Travolta in it. And uh, Morgan, uh, my fiance, who does a lot of graphic design, actually did a bunch of posters um, for uh, this film. They didn't have any rights to any horror films, so we pretty much had to make them up. And she used pictures of us and our haunt characters and uh, she used one of Pongo just kind of like staring at the camera. And you can literally see it as John Travolta is like crying like a baby for whatever reason. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I remember when it released, I was getting calls. I was getting messages like, do you know that Pongo's in this terrible John Travolta film? I was like, yes, yes, we did not know it was going to be that bad. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, anything is good, from my opinion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it pops up, and uh, we do, like, Alabama gets a lot of tax incentive to film and stuff here, so a lot of movies um, come through here, especially when we get, like, spillover from Atlanta. And I do whatever I can to to work on the film, either do makeup, you know, like I said, I do makeup. Um, post, like, uh, well... We're still in COVID. I, I hate to say that, but we are. Mm -hmm. um, well, kind of getting back into doing some things. I uh, helped out with a music video, uh, just just doing some makeup for that. And that was fun. I hadn't I hadn't had a gig like that in quite some time. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I'm taking what I can get right now. Hey, there you go. That's what you got to do. And uh, what's your in horror films and stuff? What's your favorite? horror genre or horror characters and what did you like growing up and uh, did you pull any inspiration for your character for many of your horror film favorites oh yes yes definitely um i was raised on a lot of the uh 
uh, 80s horror films, um, even though it terrified me um, at the time. I watched the Chucky films and I watched Halloween. I take a lot of inspiration. Uh, I'm a big Chucky fan just because he was um, such an animated. I mean, if it's going to be a killer doll, he's going to have to be a pretty animated character. And Brad Dorif is such a great like actor, but voice actor in general. Um, and I, I love Chucky. I love anything that has to do with uh, the voice, like uh, the Scream films. Uh, it's really funny that like Wes Craven um, had to like reboot himself so many times and kind of like reinvent the wheel. But uh, I definitely love the Scream films. I, I love the just the, you know, kind of transferring that kind of um, that playful like attitude that like Ghostface had and even to some extent uh, Freddy, you know, um, just kind of like playing with victims. And you can have those really weird and creepy interactions with guests at a haunted house. <laughs> um, that was always fun. Um, but yeah, I definitely like the old cheesy Stephen King films. Like I previously mentioned, I love Cat's Eye. Uh, the little troll in there used to give me terrible nightmares. And I love Gremlins. I love I love anything Gremlins. I've been waiting on a sequel for years that probably won't ever come. But uh, I take a I take a lot of inspiration from uh, those kind of little creature horror films. Nice. There's a couple of things I wanted to mention. First of all, you're a sorry, it's in the eye. Um, you aren't that old, so, and, but you're definitely an older soul because you appreciate the 80s. Mm -hmm. um, and which I, of course, was in my teens to my 20s during the 80s. Mm -hmm. um, but you mentioned Chucky, and it always tickles me <laughs> when, I, when I hear Chucky because Donnie's going to tell you a story about Chucky. <laughs> Oh yeah, well, my uh, mom was a big Chucky fan before she passed. So uh, one Christmas, I got her like a life-size Chucky doll, and then after she passed, my sister didn't want anything to do with it. She's like, "Here, you can have your doll back." <laughs> so I, have, I have the doll here in my closet. Well, we've done it twice now, and we, we're probably cruel for doing it, but I mean, it's funny, and and she she's got a good sense of humor about it. My granddaughter is who I'm referring to, and. Mm -hmm. uh, so the first time we did it is we wrapped Chucky up in a box and we had it to where he was folded. So when you know, barely taped the flap, so after she opened it and she opened the lid, like the legs and the arms, would, you know, the head and the legs would come popping up. So uh -huh. He opened out on Christmas and had like a spaz fit. And uh, <laughs> it was like bad door. We kind of felt bad. But it was like five minutes later and she was like, you know, where's Chucky? I don't want to see it. You know, and she was like fine with it. Mm -hmm. So uh, just this past Fourth uh, of July weekend, we had her birthday party, and uh, it was probably two or three years ago we'd done that to her the first time, and we just did it again Fourth of July, and <laughs> Jim and his family was over uh, for the party and and to hang out and stuff, watch fireworks, and we put it in a bag, and it was obvious it was a big baby doll because we had it like yeah. taped around the neck so you could see the head. <laughs> it's like, so she like basically didn't even get like the top of it 
tore open and she saw the red hair and she she like had another <laughs> meltdown <laughs> and i was like god i feel bad but i mean it's so fun and funny and then and she even jokes about it now and you know i better not get a chucky for christmas you know she has fun <laughs> but when we actually do it to her it's it's just funny to watch her reaction yeah that's that's such a real um it's it's a fear that that's always been around that I guess perhaps I didn't really think of, of like implementing is like the fear of a doll. Um, and it's literally like I started playing around with, cause I, my mom, she was a big Pee Wee Herman fan and she had uh, this Pee Wee Herman doll, which I got for her. She had one like when she was younger and lost it. And I got this one for her, like immediately at a flea market many years ago. And um, I still have it today and his voice box is broken and it sounds terrible every time you yank the little pull string goes and you're just like jesus and i was like whoa wait a minute what if i took him to the haunted house with me and what would people think of him and good god i did not realize how many people could be freaked out over a peewee herman doll um it works. It's simple. It, it's ridiculously simple, but it's just one of those fears that somehow latches on to people. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, going back to uh, horror films, I guess I'll go ahead and throw my question out there to you. We've been doing here the last few episodes, and uh, it's it's basically just a general question. You know, if, you were, if you were the main horror character, the main serial killer in your own horror film, what would your go-to kill be? Go-to kill be? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if this counts, uh, but like when like Billy's mom in the gremlins, like was like finding all the gremlins in the kitchen and then just chunk that one in the microwave and then just like watch it blow up like a balloon. Mm. Um, yeah, I think I think I'd like to nuke something. That sounds really weird, but it was just very interesting to me. There you go. So you had to make a big enough microwave to fold somebody up and put them in there, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, or like just something weird, like you know, like the fly, just like this big device, and like you send them through one end, and then they like they come out the under the other, just looking messed up <laughs> <laughs> oh that's funny um so joe tell us uh more about how people can find out about you your characters pongo joe uh where you're gonna be all the good social media stuff yes definitely it's it's gotten so expansive now um so I'll try to lay it all out as simple as possible. You can find me on Facebook. I have a business page at Pongo Joe. You can find me on Instagram. And now as of like, it's like I've had it six months. You can find me on TikTok um, as well as YouTube. YouTube is like where I really try to narrow it down because I've had people ask me, oh, well, where's that one video of you singing? Or where's that one video of you doing this? And it's like, I have it on a nice easy to find playlist on YouTube. Um, and I, I don't give that, that channel enough. Um, even though I do post there and I keep it all there, but yeah, I'm definitely on YouTube as well. 
As far as the haunt tour goes, um, I'm going to be at Lake Hickory Haunts in North Carolina this weekend, October 2nd and 3rd. And then um, I'm going to be at Miller's Thrillers in Tennessee, which is uh, another good haunted haunted woods. Uh, that's going to be uh, October 16th and 17th. And then finally, I'm going to be back up in North Carolina for Woods of Terror, um, which is one of the biggest woods haunts uh, I've seen. <laughs> and I'm going to be there October um, 23rd through 25th. And that's, that's, that's where I'm going to be this season. All right. Uh, Donnie, any last things for, uh, for Pongo Joe? Uh, yeah, if you could, um, like I said, we've been trying to pull out some gold nuggets for the people to maybe pick up and, and use. And, and, uh, we talked about, uh, the sliding uh, character development, what kind of good, like I said, cause you have some interesting characters and then the way you, you make the videos for them are fascinating to me and the way you build your brand, mm -hmm. uh, any good tips on like character development or brand development? Yes, definitely. When it comes to characters, you really got to start small. Um, sometimes, you know, it can be as simple as like, for example, you're, you're watching a movie and we all love movies. It doesn't always have to be a horror film like uh, my goblin character. Um, even though like he's inspired by a lot of things, one of the main things uh, which you might not think of, you got to think outside of the box was um, Ed from The Lion King the crazy weird hyena, just like the weird laugh and stuff that he had. Just picking up little tiny things here and there and just kind of putting them in your, uh, your grocery basket. Put it in there, put your own spin on it, mix it up, mix and match, and watch it grow. And it'll start growing, you'll start your costume real simple, and then you just start adding layers. It's all about layers. And as far as brands go, I can't stress this enough, no matter what um, platform you're on, whatever media, if you're doing pictures or you're doing video, it's gotta be high quality, it's gotta be HD. I would definitely recommend finding your local photographer and making sure you know, they can capture the character that you created. It's all, it's, everything's a collaboration. You can't do all this by yourself. You know, I've had many different people uh, take pictures of me, I take pictures. There's so many things that you kind of, you really do have to put your fingers in a lot of different uh, things to get what you want, especially when building a brand. And there's a lot to be said about timing. Um, you definitely got to make sure you're posting at the right times. Uh, when is your audience active? Are they, you know, are all of them night owls like many of us are in the horror community? Mm -hmm. you know, should you post at night or, you know, do you have something that somebody's going to look at at nine o'clock in the morning? You know, these, these are little things to think about when uh, building your brand and, you know, making a character. Very nice. Great advice. Yes, and absolutely. Now, for your videos, do you have like one uh, videographer that you work with or do you film it all yourself or what do you do for your videos? Because I love your videos. They're like you said, they're high quality. They're really nice. A lot of mm -hmm. uh, fancy graphics and all that stuff. Backgrounds are always on point. You know, what's yeah. what for that? So definitely, um, you know, work with as many different people you can. Um, Morgan, who I previously mentioned, 
She has shot many of my videos. She's a videographer herself. Uh, she works full time and she's done many of my videos, but also my uh, good buddy TJ at Erratic Aperture. He's done the videos. He's also done the pictures and everybody has a different style. I've filmed a lot of things. There's a lot, a lot that I've personally filmed and edited and a lot of my, you know, shots and stuff, the kind of vision that I want. You really got to kind of map these things out and work with somebody on capturing, you know, that vision that you have and, you know, work with them. They may, they may know something that you don't, you know, they're the videographers. So, you know, it's their job to really capture you the best way that they can. So yeah, it's, it's definitely something you, you got to reach out to people. Very cool. Very cool. So anything else that you want to touch on, Jim, or did you cover all your questions? No, I, I got my questions. Uh, I, I appreciate, I, I will close out with a comment. I will say I appreciate you, Joe, for doing what you do and for trying to build your brand the way you're doing it. Mm -hmm. um, I wish more people would try to do that, which is something Donnie's already alluded to, but I admire you for doing that. And the, just the sheer fact that I see you pop up on Instagram all the time and I had no idea who you were for the longest time you know you're making a name for yourself um, are there any plans for you to probably in the future uh, venture outside the south and maybe work further north and west uh, during Halloween season Definitely. I, so I, I have ventured outside the South before. Um, last year I was at a Queen Mary's dark Harbor in California okay. Okay. and I have gone to Midwest. I've done uh, the Chicago haunt, like a uh, massacre haunted house. And I definitely want to venture up towards uh, like, I have some relatives and stuff up in Pennsylvania. I've definitely wanted to go up to the Northeast again. Um, I definitely want to get out and also, go to another country and bring my scare uh, to the UK. I've been definitely talking a lot with some of the, the UK folks and they're fascinated with haunted attractions. They have many of their own there as well. Um, that is a big goal of mine uh, is to do haunted houses like in other countries. So eventually, hopefully when this whole pandemic thing settles down, and you know things are getting better um i want to have a you know full full force you know back at it um haunting horror entertainment extravaganza <laughs> now do you think uh, you think a haunted actor could make a full-time living like I, I know like most haunts are, are just during halloween season but there is some year-long year-round mm -hmm. haunts do you think if they like they do like you're doing building your brand building your character getting your name out there that they would be able to haunt full-time yes they can they most certainly can um but it is it is one of those things uh it's never it never looks how you think um it's never like like a five days a week you know i am running at full sprint at somebody screaming at them scaring them sliding You've got to think outside the box, um, which is why, like, you can't just do one thing. Uh, that, that's, that's the biggest Achilles heel when it comes to the haunt industry is being any kind of, you know, like, one-trick pony. Um, you have to be open to doing other things. Some haunted attractions are going to want something different from you, 
And it's on you to, to adapt to that. Um, like I got a friend in Nevada who uh, does a lot of escape rooms and it's their full-time job and they have to put on a different hat all the time uh, to do what they do, um, especially with the company that they work for. As well as uh, I got a friend uh, who does scare acting for a traveling circus. Um, that's a different ballpark. So if you're going to do it, most definitely be open to the many branching paths um, in which way you can do it full time. Very cool. That's great advice. Mm -hmm. Well, it's been uh, an enlightening episode for sure. Uh, and I keep thinking of questions here at the last minute. I'm just throwing this out here. So, <laughs> That's what I've been doing. <laughs> do you watch pro wrestling at all? Oh, you know, the haunted house community and the wrestling community goes hand in hand. A lot of us haunt <laughs> friends. My, my TJ uh, photography, he, he like does the new South and some of the really brutal backyard wrestling. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, but uh, yeah, I dabble in it a little bit here and there. I'm definitely interested. <laughs> okay. All right. I was just curious, you know, it is Russell Horror. I had to throw that in there somewhere. <laughs> uh, even though Donnie did earlier re referring to characters and such and such, but cool. All right. So if people need to find out more about you, check out all of your social media sites. Everything's Pongo Joe, right? Yep, that's right. Okay. Uh, with that being said, Pongo Joe Bodkin, thank you so much for spending some time with us here on Wrestle Horror. For Donnie and myself, thanks for joining us. Without you guys, we're nothing. With you guys, we're everything. We'll catch you on the next show. <laughs> thanks for listening. Make sure you follow us on all, all of our social media outlets. Facebook.com backslash Wrestle Horror. Instagram at Wrestle Horror. Twitter at Wrestle Horror on our YouTube channel, The Wrestle Horror Channel. Also, you can find us at www.wrestlehorror.com. Oh.